Hey everyone, how you doing? Um, it's Tuesday. Things are kind of normal here, which is scary. I don't understand that when that happens. <laughs> don't don't um, say anything. I know. <laughs> so two quick things I have. First of all, first off, um, you know my love of Mexican Coke, and um, yeah. I know Mike. I know you have a love hate relationship with Coke yourself. Well, I love it, but <laughs> my, my I love it, but my body hates it because I'm a diabetic. Yeah. So. I only drink Coke. Um, I, I drink diet iced tea. You guys have seen me drink it many times. I, I should probably it. endorse it. But um, <laughs> I, I drink diet iced tea all day long. I go through like, no joke, probably fifteen a day. Um, and um, a day. Yeah, fifteen a day. You, you're gonna have so much NutraSweet in your system. It, I do worry about that a lot. I do. Um, I honestly. Can I suggest something very easy? Please. Okay. Unsweetened. Unsweetened. So. Yeah, I just go unsweetened. What I do is I have a a, a, a Mr. Coffee iced tea maker, right? Yeah, what I, I do is, at least have one of those. I had one of those before, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, and I what I pick out is the base, and these my base is usually either green or black, and then I mix in some flavors, whether it's peppermint, I have anise, I got all this stuff, mix in the flavors, and then you can live without the artificial sweetener. Do that. I need to do something like that. Sorry, is, is yeah. my is my thing coming in and out? It's a little right. fuzzy, but right. that you're a little fuzzy. Spectacular. It was good before. <sighs> all right, I might, um, all right. It does not look like you were just delivered by a doctor in a in a in a yeah, one quick second. An adult nursery. It doesn't look that way. I'm gonna change my internet connection. I don't know if I'll get logged out. One quick second. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> no, now, we can, now we just get this picture of him going. Okay. No, <laughs> there's that's better. That's better. No, I'm back, right? Okay. Yes. All right. Okay. So, but I do like for me, like since I don't drink alcohol, um, I when I go out, you know, but Coke is my like special drink, like that I've made into my thing. Like I'll drink that at restaurants, or if I'm out yeah. with friends, I, I drink Coke, sure. Or if I go like to a special, like um, you know, um, I do, I, you know, I do it, I do it around here. Mm -hmm. We have parties. I'll get the Mexican Coke. Usually, if I have a Mexican Coke here, it's because we just had a party here. Um. So, but normally just, I see. So a friend of mine who knows this, who's a Pepsi fan. Now, you know, like the whole thing of Pepsi versus Coke to me is, is another battle altogether. But right. Pepsi came out with this thing. Um, and I don't know if you saw this or you're not yet. Yeah, I've seen it. Seen it? I've seen it, but I haven't tried it. I tried it. Uh, just, just, just to try it because I knew eventually I'd have to talk about it. Um, it's, well, here, here, this is your time. You got to talk about it. So what do you think of it? I think it's terrible because Pepsi is terrible. Mm. Wait, hold on. All right, that just sounds like a jaded opinion. Like, no, I okay. I, you're not. Like, don't compare it to Coke because Coke is its own thing. It tastes different than Pepsi. No, right? no, well, you know what? Pepsi I, I have to. I have to be discriminating. It's like either I like Coke. Well, no, some, people, some people like Coke and Pepsi. They don't care. I don't I, care. I, I right. I I decided. You know, like if it's a 95 degree day and there's an ice cold Pepsi there, okay. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like okay. I, but if I have a choice. Right. Uh, I prefer Coke because Coke is, it's got a little like a saltier quality to it, yeah. and uh, and 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 it's Pepsi is too sickly sweet. They it did. Really it is. is a little sweet. I, I like it when it's more flavored, like whether it's wild cherry or something. And I mix that actually with the diet, and this way it's not too much sugar, not too much diet with the uh, NutraSweet. But that's only if you're at a fountain. But Eck, there was a product that Pepsi had it was like Pepsi Real or something like a year I ago. Oh, really? yeah. Yeah, that was good. But they did away with it. I actually thought that was as good as any Coke that was ever made. But See, it just did away with it. 
I, I don't mind the Coca-Cola life, the one that's in the green, uh, okay. the green label, but the, the which is uh, Stevia. Uh, Blenda, right? Basically, Stevia. No, uh, well, no, I mean, Stevia is a different. I, I, they, they did make Coke with Splenda and it was terrible because Splenda, if you know, uh, basically like a packet, the, the size size of a NutraSweet packet uh, is about the same sweetness as like three ta three teaspoons of coffee. Okay. So they didn't, I don't think they had the balance right because you drank the Coke with Splenda and it was like so ridiculously sweet that I, I couldn't drink yeah, it. Yeah. It was just really bad. But I, honestly, I'm trying to like only on like, special occasions will i drink coke or or or, or any kind of pop it's like i, I try yeah. to i'm trying to just to drink water and carbonated water because it's yeah no that's good well, I, I can tell you two things first off i don't at passover time if you were to order cases of the kosher coca-cola it's the same as the mexican and so I'd, you could, i'd like to try that you could do that that's one thing the difference between mexican coke and regular coke here is corn syrup versus sugar right so right and the thing with the kosher is it's cane sugar um right, right. Well, the other thing is, is also pepsi this is pepsi it says you know if you can see it on here it says it's made with um actual sugar yeah and i and i and i think i would like that russ because we all know that italians are unofficial jews right that's true yeah. the, the other thing is back in the day when i used to be working as a deli clerk is a long time ago this is when i chopped off yeah that's like a and all that they used to have Snapple soda, and the Snapple all natural cola was actually better than any cola on the market. And it was clear, really? it was clear if you remember. Well, Coke, by I mean, the, what I've been told is that the you know, the Coke is clear by its nature, they make it yeah. not clear, right? So, they should uh, leave it clear. I don't get it. Yeah, I'd, I'd try it. I mean, and they did for a while. I remember, they had like um, they had Coke clear or Pepsi clear, they had yeah, something they had it Pepsi, Pepsi clear, it was Pepsi clear, yeah, right? Um, it's uh you know to me like the funny thing about this is um and there's someone on the chat room brought this up too that coke in europe is is um you know different than coke in, in the united states which is true because the mexican coke in europe too i uh, were just co coke with sugar versus coke with corn syrup basically but um i was gonna say in europe it's 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 a powder and it's put in lines right that's another line altogether right <laughs> um, by the way i just watched the, the 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 tv series um glow i, I binge watched that you guys watched it I know. Oh, yeah, glow, it's great. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome, isn't it? Yeah, it's great. I, I hate wrestling, guys. I'm not yeah, like a wrestling person at no, all. I, I love wrestling. Back in the day, I tried to actually watch that wrestling and it was awful. But the I do remember it. I do remember the glow thing when I was a kid. But the show about it is great. And Mark Marin's fantastic. Oh, that show is is amazing. Mike, I'm serious. Like it, I'll, I'll really, check it out. You don't have to be a wrestling person at all. The acting I, I, I have I haven't gotten around to it. That's all. Heck, I just wanna I wanna let you know that. You may not have heard the joke I made about your hat, but you're distracting the entire chat room with that hat. I'm just telling you. Oh, okay. So what's going on in the chat room with the hat? Tell me. Well, give me all right. I'll, I'll check it out in a second. Okay, here. You, know, there's, you guys are curious about the chat room. I got a lot of questions about this too. If you go to the YouTube channel where this is actually being broadcast, so uh -huh. hopefully you're watching this on my blog because uh, you know that would be that would be better for us. <laughs> but if you're um, if you're not, if you, if you click on the YouTube part of it, you know you can go to the YouTube channel and then you can do a pop out chat. As well, you'll see the chat on the right hand side, and you know it's easy to do, and it's fun because we actually, you know, Russ is in there every day. I try to get in there whenever Russ isn't here, and I'm in there today. Um, yeah, we, but, uh, we 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 can make our discussions interactive that way. So yeah, it's fun because we know, you know, you guys are out there. If you guys want to have a question, we'll we'll get some questions from them. So my hat is, uh, yeah, this is an original from back in the day. Um, when I visited, I was up in, up in Quebec. Province uh, I was going to say somebody threw, somebody threw some bleach in the wash because it's a little I Remember this was the color that the, um, the, um, Nordiques were before. Remember they had these colored jerseys. 
I think, I think Woody Allen wore that in Sleeper, though. I have to go double check it. <laughs> I do. Why do you say that? <laughs> Just the way it looks. Like I said, it looked like you were a baby that was delivered in an adult nursery. <laughs> like, <laughs> and they wrapped you in that hat. Uh, thanks, Russ. I appreciate Let's that. Let's start this. The great thing is, right. now one more thing, quickly before we go, because I had to bring this up too. Because I saw this last night. I saw it for the second time last night. I went to see Bohemian Rhapsody again. Mm -hmm. Um. I have, there's been a long time since I've actually gone to a movie theater, gone and seen a movie twice in the theaters ever, you know? Like, yeah, I can't think of the last time I've done that. I know. It's, I, I, I can't remember the last time I did either. I think it yeah. might have been Star Wars, like the one of the Star Wars ones that came uh, out, like the first new one came out. Like, and it's only because I wanted to go with friends different times. Yeah, it was Dark Knight Rises for me. Yeah, so have you guys seen Bohemian Rhapsody? Yeah, yes. I, I have not yet. I've seen it. Okay. Um, did you you did you talk about it all while I wasn't here or anything like that? Yeah, I think I did. And I, and I loved it. I thought it was... Terrific. It is not a documentary. So for people no, who are not, thinking, yeah. thinking it's a documentary, it's not. And not the fact that if Brian May rubber stamped it, that's good enough for me. Mm -hmm. And I do understand. I was smart enough to understand because I was at Live Aid and watched the stuff from Wembley Live yeah. that they had a little literary license with that. And not everything you see exactly is yeah. what happened at Live Aid. I get that. Yeah. And actually, I felt like what they did was they improved on it because they were able to show better angles and close-ups of Freddie Mercury or the actor of w the way he sort of commanded the crowd at Live Aid and a little bit of behind the scenes. So I thought all of that was great. I enjoyed the music. I enjoyed the story. I didn't know about his ethnicity. I was dumb to that my entire life. I didn't know either. Yeah. I knew, so, he was from, I knew he was from Zanzibar. I did not know that. Um, it Baruch Balsara was, I mean, was his real name. I mean, you can get around. I mean, there's definitely, they took liberties. They made, and there's a good YouTube video out there about 10 things that were true and 10 things that weren't true about that were actually, you know, about this movie as far as historical goes. And, but you, you get, just get past that for a second. It's the best movie I've seen in like five years. Um, I, I, I know there's something, I mean, I just literally, and now I'm, I'm in the music industry, as you guys know, I started in yeah. music industry before I was in the hockey industry, and it's not even about being in the music industry at all. There's, no, it's not. there's a little bit of the dynamic of like being in a band and being, you know, all, you know, I was, I was grew up, my band was also my friends. So I kind of got that, you know, you grew up together saying, um, the, I mean, my friends, I'm talking about friends from like third grade in my band, <laughs> but, um, you know, so that's where this goes to, but just, if you you cannot get out, I cannot get out of this movie. The second time I saw, I cried the first time I saw it, and you know what's happening. You know what's going yeah. on. I cried even more the second time I saw it. How weird is that? Like it just it hit That's me a little weird, but it's okay. I mean, it, it, harder. I mean, and I'm not like a guy who like balls it. No, yeah, but it evoked emotion out of you. That's okay. It really just feels like you're on this incredible journey. Um, yeah. The music is so well done. Um, you know, really, really, really well done. I thought. Um, the way they did it, the way they had the, the band, you know, I know it's not all 100% accurate how they wrote songs like that, but it is cool the way they show the creations of the various songs. Yeah, I thought so. That was really neat. And just, and the act, and the guy, the guy who plays Freddie Mercury is, is no question should win the Oscar for that. I mean, yeah, I mean, people got crazy when he won two Golden Globes. I was like, no, it's this is, I mean, and I, I, and I, I mean, it's insane. Like if you watch, um, if you look at side by sides of them, like from the live thing, oh, he looks just like them. But I and I can't really, I can't really say anything in terms of because I haven't seen the movie yet, and I'm going to go see it. But um, they there was a there was a very heavy campaign when when it came to the Golden Globes, and then lobbying for they, they may not get nominated for Best Picture for the Oscars. Yeah, yeah I know. 
I mean, so, they should. I mean, they really should. I mean, I because and this okay. movie, it's just it's so worth seeing. You know, like it is yeah, so. I mean, I, I love Queen. Queen is one of Queen is one of my favorite bands. So I mean, I they weren't I, even one of my favorite bands. I don't, you know, I had them yeah, on my iPod because I like them. I when I was growing up, they were on a long list of bands I liked, but I never got around to seeing them except right. for for Live Aid. But yeah. they enveloped you, whether you were a fan or not. You you were keenly aware of them, and, and whether you listened to the radio or not. And so I think I think they. They impacted everybody's lives that way, and I think that's why this movie. It was fun to learn about it, even even in the house party act. Some people wrote like, "Oh my god, it was way overdone," and it's like, no, Freddie Mercury was way overdone, so you couldn't. Yeah, you, can't over, you can't overdo Freddie Mercury. Oh, you couldn't have overdone that scene. I mean, they actually played it down. I think with him, I think so too. Um, you know, in that they only had like a few moments, but there were some really classic moments where he was all decked out. My favorite scene in the movie, and then we'll get on with this, but my favorite scene, and I'm not giving away anybody. There's nothing to give away, Mike. You, you'll see oh, it. You'll still yeah. want to see Titan it. You know Titanic, the, movie, the, the boat sank. Right, yeah. you know the story. Um, but just the the movie with the, the scene where he's having a birth, having a party at his house, and he comes down in the you know the robe and the crown yeah. and everything like that, and his band is there too. Yeah. And they're just sitting like with their wives like around and on couches talking to each other about all kinds of stuff. And he, so there's oh. this crazy, because the band was not like nearly like that. They weren't flamboyant like that at all. They were just. I don't know, Roger, I think Roger Williams was. It was Roger, a little bit, but Roger not, Taylor. Not to that, not, not to the course the level of. of Roger what, sorry? Roger Taylor. Roger Taylor, Roger sorry. Taylor. I, think he, I think he was. Yeah, so, but I mean, it was interesting how that, so I've been in situations like that where, you know, the band is just there to be like supporting or whatever. They're hanging out and, and everything. And they're just, uh. And he sits down and is looking kind of ridiculous, but all the people like they're there, a lot of the artists, artists, community and stuff like that were there. I thought he was amazing. And he sits down with his band, which is his friends, you know, and it's like, then now the guys and they're looking at him like, that's a lot, you know? And they were kind of ribbing him on it a little bit. It was very real to me. Like the whole thing felt like incredibly interestingly real. And the last thing I'll say about it, and I said that would be the last thing, but the last thing I said is I'm watching with my wife and we both said, the interesting thing about Queen and even Bowie in that era, okay, was that, you know, that, hovering between, you know, asexual, bisexual, gay, mm -hmm. heterosexual, um, and how androgynous androgynous and how, you know, a band or Bowie gets so huge that way. When you think about who they're playing to, like a lot of these, you know, rock guys and stuff like that in that era, when, you know, that stuff was way more under underground, I'm trying to, we were trying to figure out why it was so accepted versus like there was, it didn't, it didn't seem to be anybody homophobia about. No, 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 it was, it was accepted at shows and in the music world. Oh yeah, I know, it other things, but it was accepted on a large, a large. Uh, it really wasn't. It really it's, wasn't. I'll, I'll just say this. It was one, it was one thing when somebody like Rob Halford from Judas Priest and heavy metal, it was heavy metal. It was like, you know, very masculine rock. And he came out that he was gay. Yeah, yeah, that there was a reaction to that, and it sort of undercut Judas Priest. No, yeah. anybody. I mean, the the flamboyance. I mean, I, I honestly, I could care less. It was the music. The music. Guy. The music was phenomenal. Bowie is phenomenal. The Queen is phenomenal. Yeah, no, I think, and, I, and I could care less too. But we have some. We have such a world. But yeah. I think the the quality of their music was so it, great it that like guys could yes. they could get on their back like you know really like rough and tumble like sports guys could get up and you know, go scream sing to yeah. queen while he's doing these obviously you know and and I think that obviously you know like moves that you they would be uncomfortable with if they were just like in a club and they saw somebody doing this right so yeah. I I thought that was awesome you know I thought that thought the way they did that was awesome and just and it really does it really did it did hit me so well so anyway that's all I wanted to say let's move on go to the show. Yeah. All right. Ready? Yep. 
Hello, Hockey World. It's Tuesday, January 15th, 2019. I'm Michael Agello. I'm Russ Cohen. And if you go to sportsology.com, I rank the top music, the top singers of all time and had Freddie Mercury number one. Did you really? Wow. I did. And I'm Eklund. You're watching Hockey Buzzcast on hockeybuzz.com. I don't know if I agree with that, but it was a great, it would be a great debate. Um, <laughs> we'll do some music shows in the summer. There you yeah, go. we'll do that for sure. Um, this is the podcast that brings you all the hockey comings and goings in the world of sports. And uh, I thought there was a really interesting transition that came from our chat room um, when B Cup says, I cried last night too when Gardner made the turnover shorthanded. <laughs> um, well, I, I'll, I'll just say this because I have a I, I have written something. It'll yeah, be you have, and I want to get into that a little bit. That's and then we're going to move off the lease, I promise, guys. But yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll be posted after the show. Right, well, we never talk about the Leafs. Yeah, no, no, not at all. And the the general theme, and I was telling Russ about this, the general theme of this is, you know, Jake Gardner is what he is. Jake Gardner has been in the league for eight years. I've I've long been a critic of his play, um, but there are positives to his game. He's a very good offensive defenseman. But Gardner is sort of a victim of the failings of the Maple Leafs' uh, larger problem, which is, as I've said many, many, many a time, get ready to drink rust. You know, they're they're the fact of the lack of depth of the, on their blue line. Um, now, this is the thing. Gardner is, I think, the modern day Mike Green. He's a he's a good offensive defenseman. Defensively, he is sometimes borders on inept, but I, you know, that, that that's not kind. I'd say he he will he will make he will make flubs uh, uh, frequently. Um, the but the problem is is that. Because, and I'll I'll put more of the blame on Lou Lamorello over the last couple of years. They failed to get Ryan McDonough last year at the deadline. They failed to get Travis Hamonick uh, in the summer of uh, 2017 uh, when he was available with the Islanders. They uh, their 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 way of addressing the top four was to sign a 35 year old Ron Hainsey and to uh, sign and extend Nikita Zaitsev, who had scored 35 points in his rookie year, 34 or 35 points in his rookie year, and then after signing him to a seven-year extension, telling him, okay, we want you to be a defensive shot-blocking defenseman because we have nobody that can actually do it. That then That's a failing of management and a failing of the coaching staff because Mike Babcock uses uh, Jake Gardner the most five-on-five than any other defenseman on his team, more than Morgan Riley, who's a, probably a Norris Trophy candidate. Mm-hmm. Two years ago when Gardner had his – ice time managed by Babcock where he didn't put him out most of the time against top lines. He had his best statistical year. So because of what what's going on right now, he is a victim of the fact that this team has not addressed their problems. Yeah, I think that, I think that's totally legitimate. And, and I think, mm-hmm. that, you know, and I think that I, I think, I mean, the whole concept of booing, you know, and, and all that, I mean, we've seen, you know, just I mean, there's there's there are many many different ways to break this down. I don't want to get too many into too many different ones, but the I mean, the concept of booing a, a player like that, um, well, you know, and the concept of doing booing in general is something that I think is always an interesting topic of discussion. I yeah. don't really have a problem with it at all. No. Like I think, I think it's perfectly acceptable for fans to boo. They pay their money. They want they're doing. They want to see people working hard, and it went, and you know as long as they're fair in their booings. But then we've also I've also seen it get to the point of ridiculousness too. Like you know where. Well, I mean, Larry Larry Murphy got driven out of Toronto. Yeah, he's an example of that, you know. And we in Philadelphia, you know, we had guys like Doug Crossman and different people like that too. All right, but you know what? Here's what I think, as far as the booing, though, that if we cover the sport, which all of us do, then all we should do 
is talk about the booing and why it's happening. Yeah. We should never be the people. And I saw this online and it was brought to our attention to Mike's of mine. Yeah. Uh, writers telling the fans what they should boo at and what they shouldn't. We don't have the right to do that. No. What we should be doing is covering the fact that this is being booed or that's being booed, but we shouldn't be doing like opinion pieces on what you should boo at or what you're allowed to boo at. Cause I think that's absurd. Yeah, I mean, I, I I am not the arbiter of what fans should think. They right. are now, and and okay, Jake Gardner over the last three games, he had a bad giveaway against New Jersey that ended up in a Brian Boyle goal. He had two, he had a bad giveaway against Boston that ended up in Sean Corrales' goal, and he had a a a really bad miscue where he got outfought by Soderberg on the goal on the shorthanded goal yesterday. Did he deserve to be booed? That's up to the fans. I'm not going to advocate one way or the other. I was I said when he when that goal happened, it was a Jake Gardner special because he all he does that constantly. If you have to limit his exposure, his offensive game is is a plus player. His defensive game is a minus player. So you got to accentuate the positive with him. Maybe limit his ice time a little bit. And if they had other defenders that could do that, that could uh, alleviate that, then they would be a much better team. They're struggling right now because not only are they not scoring, not only has their goaltender did their goaltender just come back from an injury, but their defense is playing like their defense is played most of the time, which is bad. So what are we in year three of Babcock? Four. Four. So this is the year. We all, at the beginning, when we talked about the pain and Babcock and everything, sure. we knew there would be a time when it would come back on him and he would start to get judged harsher and possibly even negative articles being written about him. And I think it's starting now. And I think the Leafs are doing it maybe, a, and fans are a year later than I thought, but it's starting now. And if they did have an early exit in the playoffs, it would be full blown this summer. Like this yeah. is the schedule we're on right now. I, I I agree with the signing of Tavares. The expectation is going. You know, Matthews in his third in his third year. Uh, you know, Marner in his third year. Nealander in his fourth year. The expectation is these guys now are experienced. Um, the, Matthews and Marner are on the last year of their entry level. They bring in the big gun in Tavares. They've got a goaltender who's up, you know, basically will, unless he completely falters, will be up for the Vesna in, in Anderson. Riley is will probably challenge for the Norris Trophy. It should be there, or they, they're close enough where if Dubas makes a couple moves, they could advance. But the problem is, as you well know, Russ, they're in a division with Tampa and, and a team in Boston that has their number that ma yeah. is a matchup problem for them. And I, you know, I was taught, I, I got a, I got a message from somebody who was watching the game and says, I am sick and tired of this team, not having any jam. And that's the thing against a team like Boston, you cannot simply turn the other cheek. You have to be able to push back against those teams. And literally other than Zach Hyman and Nazem Kadri, who the hell is going to push back on the Maple Leafs right now? That's as just yeah. that's just just as important as being able to score goals or stop pucks is to prevent your opposition from pushing you around. Yeah, I mean, you I know honestly think happen. Sorry, you can go first, Zach, if you want. No, you can go. Go. I was gonna say, so you, we know what's gonna happen here. It's the same as like shopping for gifts for loved ones. You you're shopping and you have X and Y in mind, and then you find out you go for X and it's not the right size or you can't get it or they're out of it. 
and then you go to Y and it doesn't happen. And then Z is what you end up settling on, which is still good, right. but it's never going to be X and Y. And this is what the Leafs have been doing the last two years. Right. It's settling for these other defensemen that don't solve the problem, but sort of put enough of a Band-Aid that they get through it. And it seems like they're setting themselves up for that again. It really does. Yeah, yeah. They, they really need to. I mean, you know, like I heard, I heard a rumor about Michael Furland and them, and I do think that that makes a ton of sense with Toronto. Just yeah, to, help him, but he's not gonna. No, but in terms of in terms of bringing like some actual grit to them beyond, because and he of, can and he can play in the top nine. So I I, I could I could see that. he's talented, but he also like you know when he fights, he fights really well. Um, he's know. not a big fighter though. Eck. He's not. He's been in fights, and then you yeah. know. He's, he, actually, the biggest thing we talked about it when you were off one day. The shooting percentage on him is off the charts because he's not getting a lot of ice time in Calgary, and yeah. So he's got like nine, ten goals, and his shooting percentage is, is great this year. Yeah, no, I think I think you know we're gonna. There's a lot. I mean, Toronto has shown that the begin, and I heard this on um I guess sports at noon today on on Sportsnet, um Sports Central, Hockey Central at noon, um mm-hmm. where they said you know there is, and I do agree with this. I think you might have written this too about this too is the fact that you have things that work in October, November, where you know that don't work now, and that's yeah. what that's what's going on a lot with Toronto as far as when teams start tightening up and you start getting into these quasi lower scoring games are just a different kind of game. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't just rely on your skill to get through all the time. Yeah. Um, and, and, and not, not, o- not only the big, you know, it, it's, it's important that you get production throughout your lineup, not yeah. only from your blue line, but from your third and fourth lines, the, the, the Toronto third line has played terribly the last few weeks, uh, Marlowe, Kadri and Nylander. Uh their fourth line is basically not like and Par Lindholm scored a goal that was that was reversed off for an offside. It would have been his first goal since October thirteenth. This was their big, I mean, not not big, but he he was the guy. He's our fourth line center. We signed him out of the SHL. He's a veteran guy. He's going to come in and fill that hole. And he's played on the wing most of the year. And they played Freddie Gauthier, who I, I you know, may be a very nice guy, but he is not an NHLer. And and I told Russ yesterday, says you watch the Leafs. Because Babcock is asking for heavier players, and Furland would be a guy in that direction. But they're going to go out and trade for a fourth line center again because they keep they, they they did it with Brian Boyle, they did it with Thomas Blakanitz, who's not a front, not a heavy player at all. But they're going to go out and trade for a fourth line center. But they I, I got the guy. I know Kyle Dubas was in Russia watching the KHL. Andronov, and there's a guy who plays for Vichaz Podolsk. He's 6'2", 189. He can play the right wing or the left wing. He's got 18 goals and 18 assists in 44 games. It's Alexander Semin. He would be a great fit. I would love to see yeah, Alexander Semin. Shut up. He's only 34 years old. Come shut on. Up. I know. I heard you pretty good. Yeah. Um, all right. So um, moving on, though. The, it's rare that I would say this, but I'm going to say something that I think might get some criticism here, So, which is not – that's not rare. Shocking. Um, but you know, as far as you guys go. But anyway, here goes. Um, we're going to talk about the Edmonton Oilers for a second. The Oilers. We're not going to get in deep with the Oilers. I think but real win last night. That's what you're going to say. No, yesterday Ryan Rashad um, of TSN yeah. uh, puts out this tweet that we all talked about. You know, right. it says the Oilers organization's full court press to find help, help it forward scouts and staff deployed in mass. Cap situation makes it tough, but a first round pick, a goaltender, maybe young, help right. forward like that, like all are in play. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's rare to say this, but I I really feel comfortable that you can say that this because this started such a crazy reaction throughout social media yesterday through Twitter and everybody else. Um, you know, Elliot Friedman responds to it, all these people respond to it. I think this actually helped the Oilers last night. 
I really I feel as if you know that you, you can actually say that a social media tweet made the Oilers play better because they they really I mean they were shooting more they were more on top of their were more on top of their skates and no, you know, put you in know what helped goals against they put in seven goals I mean they haven't put in seven goals no, forever. you know Mike knows what helped yeah. no you know what you know what helped them they played a slumping Buffalo Sabres team that's that helped too no question about and it Carter Hutton crash into earth. But you don't think yeah. that something like this plays into it? I mean, I no, think. No, actually, you want to be honest? If I was a GM, I would call Ryan Rashad and I'd be like, you know what? I'm not happy with that tweet because A, I'm not sure it's exactly what's going on here. And B, that makes us look desperate. I wouldn't be happy with that. No, no, no you know. I, they're and, never going to call because they never call. No, but. Well, but, but, the, but the thing is, though, and I, I, I okay. <laughs> I think it sends a message of desperation, and Elliot Friedman chronicled yeah. this on, on on Hockey Central today. The, the the Oilers are taking this sort of proactive stance about you know we got to make the playoffs, got to make the playoffs. Not yeah. just not just for that particular that reason that would be enough, but the the uh, the uh, billing for the corporate boxes for the next three years that yeah the three years cycles right so yeah they, 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 it's going out in the next couple of weeks. And they want to show that oh we're involved we're we're you know we're trying our utmost to make this team you know like, okay fine how about doing that's your job twenty four seven this team is a joke right now other than Connor McDavid they are a joke no, they, have not, they have not addressed their problems they didn't they, they they they've made half measures on defense they you know I, I think Clefbaum is a good defenseman but the Adam Larson for Taylor Hall deal was a complete and utter disaster signing Chris Russell for four million a year is stupid. You know they've they've got they've got some good young players. I like Darnell Nurse. I think they you know that Nugent Hopkins is a very good player. Dreisaitl is a good player. But you know yesterday Eureka, Milan Lucic and Zach Cassian finally proved that they were alive. They actually did something. This is a this or this organization is a train wreck right now. No, I don't. I don't. I don't want to get into it too much. But I don't understand how you. And Russ, if you think they're a joke as well, you can say they're a joke. Um, but how you guys can sit there and sit, when you pick them to not make the playoffs at all and make to, take them to be so far out of it, yeah. And yet here they are in the actually in the playoffs as of today. Everybody's in the playoffs right now in the matter. West. It doesn't matter. So how can you sit there and call them a joke when they're outperforming what you thought they could do? I wouldn't call them a joke because I think a joke would be in your in last place, and they're not in last place. You guys, you guys picked them to be almost in last place, both of you. Yeah, and I stick with that. I didn't pick him in last, but I did didn't pick him. I, the I picked him out of the playoffs. I picked him out of the playoffs. Right, and honestly, actually today they're still sitting out of the playoffs. Yeah, well, they're tied in points. So we, no, but they're the, on the, the outside. The, they played an extra game. The, the, the right. joke. The yeah. joke of this is is they have by leaps and bounds the best player in the NHL, and right. they are still outside of the playoffs. And that's a sim that that is a symptom of the fact that the general manager of that team over a span of years has has made bad signings, bad trades, and you know you have a cornerstone player like McDavid, and you failed to build around him. You know, so I mean that that's the joke. This team with that talent of a player should be in the top three in the Pacific Division, and the fact that they're not is a joke. Yeah. All right. They're not great. Uh, let's. I will. I will think they would be in the top three in the division, though. So you're sitting there. You're saying they should be in the top three in the division. You knew he did McDavid better than you thought he would be. 
I think McDavid's the best player in the league. Right, right. So I mean, how? I just but the rest of the, the rest of the team between like saying that they are terrible. After they have Ty Reddy on their number one line. They have Ty Reddy on their first line. I know, I, I know that. I know all that was no. I mean, that was that was what they were doing in the regular. In, but that's why that's why I predicted them to finish out the outside right, the playoffs. Right. And you predicted them to do that, and yet they aren't there. They're better than that. Well, let's wait till the end of the season here. I mean, right now we're at 43, yeah. 44. I know, but I'm just saying, but you're talking about where they are right now. And I am not saying that. I mean, I, I can, I, I'm just going with their play, but I picked them higher than this. So I can right, say that. Right. And, we'll, and we'll find out who's right at the, in, in the middle I of the interesting. Like, I don't think that, I, I just, I think that this, it, to call them a joke is really overstating it because it's just, they are not. Yeah, I think that's extreme. I, I agree with that. Well, I, I, te- I tend to be hyperbolic. Okay. Okay. So. I understand that. But, and this is, radio or podcasting or whatever you want to call it but i get that but at the same time they're not they aren't that i mean they're right where a lot of people thought they would be or above where a lot of people no 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 let's not go there because a lot of people were on your side and saying they're going to win they were going to win first place in the pacific no, they, no, they were not they were not you forget mike come on now you find me you find me one other person who had them predicted in first in the division all right Russ. Mike, do that uh Eck, let's, let's say it. a lot of people if you find one maybe but if you say a lot of people had them picked in first i didn't find per, uh, per, but i'm a lot of people had them in the playoffs and i in the playoffs for sure but all right let's switch it for one second because last night the flyers wild game was a crazy yeah made no sense throw statistics out the window kind of game crazy yeah. bounces like even Devin Dubnik after the game was just like, hey, you know what? It's just one of those weird games. But here's yeah. what I took out of it. Not for the Flyers, Emma, from the Wild End, because I was being asked in the chat room what yeah. I think they should do or could do. I think they're surviving okay without Dumba. Like, obviously, they're missing that big shot. And since they're missing that big shot, I think they're going to have to trade for some offense because, like, Coyle and Cunning were, were minus four last night. And actually, and this is a little knock on Boudreaux, those guys are a little older. I get it, but they weren't having good games. Erickson Eck was having a really good game, had an assist. He only got 11 minutes of ice time. I get he's only 21, but he plays a lot better and a lot smarter than that. And I think Boudreaux still gets stuck in playing more veterans or guys that have more experience. And it's very hard as a young player to break in. But what I did notice was an awful lot of passing. Their skating's great. Like if they would have just stuck with the with their skating and had one or two less turnovers, they would have easily beaten the Flyers. But they got into this weird, <laughs> just this weird kind of game where they were just trading goals, and it was it was crazy. But yeah, I do think they need a goal scorer, and I think even if they have to divest of a guy like Michael Granlin to get it, I think it's fine because Granlin is a great assist guy, but they've got too many of those assist guys. And if you're counting on like Stahl, Parisi, those guys to actually score your goals, you don't really have a 30-goal scorer on this team. Right. Parise is probably the guy because he's got 19. But, you know, Zucker will get you right around 30. He's got 13. But they only have five guys in double-digit goals, and one of them was Dumba. So they need to replace Dumba's goal-scoring ability. And that, I think, should be number one. If they do that, I think they'll be okay because I do think their defense was good enough. I mean, they're, it's thin right now, like for their standards, but still their top four is good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, their top four is is really good. They're, they, 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 like you say, they work hard. They move the puck around really well. Yeah. Um, you know, I, it wasn't the greatest game for the goalie. Um, no. I mean, uh, Van Riemsdyk's for either goalie. Carter Hart did not have a great game either. I didn't have a great game, but, and I saw what you wrote in the, in our, 
Jackson. But I think the thing that I will say about Carter Hart, and I'm not saying that Nathan Day should keep him up here because I don't think they should either. But I will say this, that I think the team is the team has a better chance coming back with him and goal because they trust him a little bit more. I think that's fair. I think that's but totally they, they fair. Think he's not going to let up a really terrible. Well, I'll, share, I'll, I'll share what I wrote mm-hmm. and, and, and I believe it. And I, and I believe that it's true. When you saw the matchup with Carter Hart against Mackenzie Blackwood, you yeah. know, Mackenzie Blackwood, look, Carter Hart will never be 225 pounds of muscle like Mackenzie Blackwood, but he's two years older. He's played more pro hockey. He's had a chance to work out more. And the lower body is much stronger. What teams are starting to figure out, and they did it on the first goal last night, and I, they every, really they tried and they got at least one more other goal by just jamming it in because if you get Hart moving even slightly, he doesn't really have the length strength of a veteran NHL goalie just yet where he could yeah. just hold you off with his leg sure. and you can't jam the puck by him. And so he's going to give up one or two of those a game, even though he played really well after the, the four goals. But, and one of them, you could say, hey, it's Hag's fault because they pushed a guy into him. All that said, this is why a 20-year-old still has to get sort of his body built up a little bit more. He hasn't had a chance to work out that much over the years because he's been playing in junior hockey and the schedule is pretty rigorous. This summer could be big for that. Then if he comes in with a little more muscle and a little bit more core strength, fine. I'm okay with it. It's just the ability to build up muscle because of the flexibility issues, you know, like you have to – it's, it's really hard and it does take time. I think that, you know, I talked to somebody in the Flyers organization about Carter Hart over the weekend and, and I kind of agreed with what they said and I don't think you'll agree with it, but neither of you will agree with it necessarily, but I kind of do agree that they said that the, the kind of guy he is, yeah, he's too young to be here right now. And yes, he's, he's not strong enough yet to be here right now, but because the Flyers are in the situation they're in, which is, you know, where they have, you know, they have, there's not a whole lot of pressure on them to absolutely – no one's expecting Carter Hart to save them necessarily. Right. Um, that he is he is a, such an intelligent goalie that they wanted him to learn the NHL as quickly as possible and not learn the AHL. I thought that was an interesting comment because – and I can see that – You learn the AHL. I don't yeah. – I see, I don't buy it because yeah, – Because there's, they're, they're very different. They're very different leagues in terms yeah, of – Yeah, they are, players. but you're not learning the AHL. Yeah, All you're no. doing is learning your craft. I think yeah, learn the AHL, but learn the no. His but but Carter Hart's craft is is very very strong. It's just what what he what he doesn't know yet is the little things like you'll see the way Tarasenko scores the goal the other day, uh-huh. or the kind of shot, the little shots that the skill play skill the kind of skill that he's never seen, right? That no one can see until you play against it. Um, right. right. So let me let me ask you this. This is my devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. So what if he goes a month without a road win? You don't think that's going to affect him mentally? We could yeah. all say, hey, he's very mature, and this is great, and that's great. That kind of stuff wears the, on veterans. The one, the one benefit yeah. of being, the one benefit of you know the, the fact that I, I covered the AHL for a number of years. The one benefit of of repetition in the AHL is. You know, you can make a mistake in the AHL and the puck won't go in the net. You make a mistake in the NHL, that's it. That's by you. Yeah, right? but- I, mean, I think I think that you know you have to. It's not only the physical maturity that has to be that has to be a, a, a factor in, in in the development of a player. It's the mental maturity. And you know, maybe maybe he's sharper and maybe he's more ready than the other than some other twenty year old kid. No, he but, definitely is. 
Yeah, but well, he's but, but, ready enough yet to quit. He's definitely more ready than most. I, I just don't know what is to be gained of putting him in for loss after loss after loss. Because, this because, is not this is not Tom Glavin in the in the, in the major leagues with the Atlanta Braves, right. where he's getting his ass kicked every day and you know or every every fourth day in the rotation, and then after three years he realizes how he has to pitch. I think a goaltender, after two or three years of taking this kind of abuse, is ready for a straitjacket. Like here, let me ask you this, X. So, yeah, last year, if I remember correctly, I think he played forty-one games. How many games do you want him to play this year? Oh yeah, no, I know, you know, you're right. I mean, there's and it's in a short amount of time. Go look at the February schedule. Yeah, we, we played forty-one games. He also played a bunch of games with the junior team, and you know, yeah, but it's not like all right. So you want to add another twelve games? Fine. Yeah, so yeah, something like you know, like sixty games is what he played last year, probably at the end of the day. Um, not sixty NHL games. No, I know, yeah. but the point is, the point I'm starting to say is, you know, it's not like you have to learn the AHL. I shouldn't have said learn the NHL, but oh, you do okay. have to learn the NHL, and the NHL is definitely one of those things that cool. and I don't know that it matters as much if he's getting scored on. As much as he is the kind of kid who, from every interview indication, and I talked to the coach about this too, is that he analyzes every goal that's scored on him and goes through it and through it and through it. And and that process is accelerated by him being in the NHL because you're going, you're going to have more opportunity to look at look at goals and he's going to, he is not, he does not just take a goal and say, oh, I missed that. I should have made the save. He analyzes what he did wrong on every single play. Sure, but he's already played 10 games. Yeah. If he stays up with them the rest of the season, he's going to play like 40 games. He already played 17 down in the AHL. It's too right. much. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, when, as we get closer to February 25th, and we know that Fletcher is probably going to deal Simmons and maybe deal a couple other players, and the team will be weaker than they are right now. Again, what is the benefit of having Carter Hart face 40 plus shots a night? I don't know. You know that that, that that's a when it just makes you makes him better for next year. He learns the process. He learns he's not. He's it, you're, you're the the what you're saying is he's too like. He's gonna. It's gonna emotionally scar him, and I don't think it is. I don't think he's the kind of goalie that's going to be emotionally scarred by this. That that doesn't seem to be the impression that I'm getting from people around him, at least. Now that I, you know, they could be wrong, and you don't see it right away. That's the yeah. thing. The, ramif- right away, the, the, ra- the ramification, the ramifications of it are not going to be apparent now. They could they could be apparent two years from now. But at that point, how can you really? I mean, you, this isn't scientific enough to be able to to tie those things together. Like, yes, it is. Go ask Steve Mason. Yes, it is. Well, Steve, all right, yeah, I'm, I'm listen. I'm just throwing my opinion out there. I mean, you might right, be, let, me, let me give you. So what a supposed thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So in the first 23 days of February, the Flyers play 11 games. Mm-hmm. How many of those do you want to get to Carter Hart? Nine of them? 10 of them? No, I think, I think every other game is what they should be. But doing. He's not playing every other game. McKenna's only played once, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it depends. Well, but when, no, but he'll play more when they're playing more. Like I think they're going to, limit I don't, we don't know that yet. I don't know about that. Like two games a week. I would, I would limit him to. Okay. Yeah, so if they're playing four, if they're playing three games in a week, then he's going to play two of the three. But if they're playing four, well, then as, be, as a beginning, just so you could see, so Saturday, February second, Edmonton, the fourth, Vancouver. Then they have a few days off against the Kings, and then day after that they play Anaheim. Day after that they play Pittsburgh. The next yeah. night they play Minnesota. I don't know if McKenna's playing five games by then. I don't think so. I don't yeah, get impression. And I, you know, and maybe Suarez is back then. I don't know. I have heard the, you know, yeah. and it's it's a tough comparison to make, but I've heard the comparison based on how great Carter Hart was as a WHA, WHL goaltender and 
uh, Carey Price, who is a fifth overall pick and great in the WHL as well. Even Carey Price. Oh, yeah. He he came, he came out of junior. He played a couple games in the AHL. Then he played the entire playoffs. They won a Calder Cup championship, 22 games. Then he played 10 games the next year in the AHL. And then he was ready for the NHL. Right, and it right. took him a little bit of time to get ready for the NHL. So only at age 21, after he had gone through a play, uh, four rounds of playoffs, did they think that he was ready. And that's that's all I'm saying. It's like there is no rush here. This team is not winning anything right now. If you think Minnesota is big and they jammed the goalie, which they did, they did yeah, a very good job of that. They did. How's Boston going to do tomorrow night? I know. No, and, and you know, but he's got, but he's got to learn. Like he's when he doesn't have to learn a twenty act. That's my. And he doesn't, point. and he doesn't have to. And he doesn't have to. In a playoff race, and the Flyers were different, definitely expected to win something right now. It would be a little bit different of a story, but the but you're getting you're getting three NHL games basically to play this kid. And he doesn't have to learn in the NHL because there are NHL players who have, or players who have played in the NHL in the American Hockey League. So, you know. Yeah, but also, and also the other thing about Carey Price, which is a good point, but also. All around, all around, you know, players are ready are ready sooner now for the NHL than they were back when Carey Price came. Not in. goalies, not goalies, not goalies, and not defensemen. Prove it for goalies. M- M- the next youngest goalie is Mackenzie Blackwood at 22, and I think he got overused at the beginning, and he ended up on the IR. Yeah. yeah. How look look at the statistics, and I'm and I I don't I don't have them in front of me, but mm-hmm. the number of 18 and 19 year old forwards. The number of eighteen and nineteen-year-old defensemen, and the number of eighteen and nineteen-year-old right, goaltenders. Right. There are literally none goalies. There are only a few, like Ekblad, uh, who come in at eighteen, or or Rasmus Dahlin, who's a, a potential yeah, superstar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there are a lot of eighteen and nineteen-year-old forwards. It's definitely positionally. And the Flyers, in a normal situation, in a normal season, where they're fighting for a playoff spot like that, where the goalies aren't all hurt, they, he wouldn't be up. There's no question about that. They, they, we're in a we're in a bunch of but there's a bunch of circumstances that happen along along with this. And the only thing he can do out of it is try to get the positives out of it. But um, well, I, don't, me, I don't know that they're gonna. I mean, I, you know, are they gonna burn him out? I don't. Well, let me let me just make one more thing about one more comment about Minnesota. I yeah. mean, one factor in terms of their scoring is the fact that Eric Stahl is not having the type of year he had last year. He scored forty-two last year. I think he's got thirteen goals right now. So average that over over the season. It's that's a loss of fifteen goals right there. That's the difference between wins and losses. But the problem is, Russ, they don't have the cap room unless they put Dumba on LTIR and he's out for the year. They don't have the cap room to add the scoring that they need. It's true. No, and they they did go though harder than anybody else after Nylander. So, well, they may they may want to contact the Leafs again, but maybe not for the deadline. But maybe. they get a UFA, an impending yeah, UFA. rental. Yeah, I mean, and they they have in the past. They have been a team that likes to get rentals. They um, yeah, yeah. they haven't always worked out for them, but they have. No, but they'll they're going to have to try because the loss of Dumba is is I think that's what's what's got them there right now. But they're they're not, not, there's no question about it in my mind. There are not there are not a lot of defensemen, uh, rental defensemen in this market. The, the you know the the top four: Carlson, uh, uh, Tyler Myers. Uh, well, top three and Gardner are probably going to be own rentals. They're not going to they're not going to trade them. Anton Strawman is interesting though. There's there, he's been a healthy scratch the last week for Tampa. So I, I mean I don't know if he's he he's hurt and they're just not saying, but that's interesting because that guy was a top pairing, top four. Now all of a sudden he's out of the lineup. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, that is very interesting, very interesting. Um, okay, so <laughs> I saw this or not? 
it's just a little funny thing on the sideline. So, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of Reddit. There's a lot of stuff on Reddit. There's really great, um, there's great stuff on, um, on Reddit in general about hockey. And every hockey team has their own little, um, you know, their own, their own hockey Reddit. And there's a, there's a current fight going on between the Minnesota Wild and Reddit, apparently, because the, the Wildlife Foundation of Minnesota wants the Minnesota Wild uh, Reddit, like I guess basically the wild websites, from what I understand, like it's Pennsylvania Wild would be the animal about animals indigenous to the Pennsylvania. Um, New Jersey Wild would be the same thing. So Minnesota Wild should be about Minnesota animals. Um, so the, it's just wow. a funny little thing that's going on right now. For what it's worth. And so if you go to the Minnesota Wild Reddit right now, because that was going on, it's nothing but um, like the first several posts or people by the actual hockey fans trying to like post as, you know, this is a Minnesota Bobcat. And then talking about hockey stuff after that, so it's pretty interesting. It's just kind of like a I will give you this: the, the one thing that that Hart has going for him is the Bruins have only averaged two point six, two point two six goals per game on the road this season. But still, that's against like veteran NHL goalies. Who knows? Yeah, no, I mean, you, yeah, we, I mean, he's he's played so far. He's done pretty well against. Well, the I think he's team. done well, but I don't think he's done great. He hasn't done great. And, um, you know, he is 20. So, I mean, the yeah. question is, is, what he, is, do we have to, like, just jump him in to things when he's ready to shut out teams? Or can we go in and he's ready to have, like, two, you know, two or three goal games, at least giving the flyer a chance to grow, grow the kid? Well, yesterday was a four-goal game. Yeah, no, it was a four-goal game. No question about it. But like you said. But it could have been a five- or a six-goal game. Yeah, he's a, big, he's a big reason they won the game still. I mean, he still was at a big oh. part in that, in that win. And, that, and that's really important for the Flyers right now. Yeah, no, I mean, no, it is because it gives him confidence. Like he knows he gave up four goals, but he also knows that he was part of part of helping them win that game. So now, one thing, um, the Flyers also, by the way, would just throw on that there have placed Dell Weiss on waivers while we're in the Flyers. We'll move on from that. Um, I'm really not surprised. This is this this I thought should have happened. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I think they're I think they're whistling Dixie if they think somebody's going to claim him with his salary. No, I don't think they think anybody's going to claim him. I think they're going to actually start using the minor leagues a little bit. They've yeah. been waiting and waiting and waiting, and they haven't really done anything as yeah. far as calling guys up. And so yeah, yeah, they really should be calling guys up. So maybe well, this is the start of it. Well, we have to we have to give I have to give Russ some credit because uh Saint no no legitimately you know you've been talking up Bennington for a couple years yeah and now Bennington comes up and i think he's won 3 games in a row and you know the team that a lot of people thought were and they probably still are going to sell off pieces because they they, they still want to change the culture there um, i don't know if it's going to be Tarasenko or Pedrangelo but i think they're going to trade players before the deadline cuz they've done that before uh, especially rentals but Bennington might – I mean, it's it's a small window, and I think he's 24 or 25 right now, Russ. Is that- a little older, older than 25. But there might be your goaltender, and he's been under your nose all along. Yep. And I think it's – again, we talked about the shared affiliation and all those different things, and he got moved around, and even I was sort of like wondering what the heck's going on. And now you can see it. Uh, yeah, I think this gives them the ability to move Jake Allen. If this doesn't, nothing will. Like it's yeah. just really the way it is. Yeah, yeah. and I, I we've been talking about him forever, Russ. Too. I've always been a big fan. Of I'm not going to try. Yeah. Not that you would ever give me credit, Mike. But I've also been no, saying, no, no, you. <laughs> I mean, for all the pro- I mean, I'm not a prospect person, but this is one I've been told about constantly, yeah. and especially right. through um, you know, a friend of the show, friend of the show and website and former hockey writer for us, um, Darren Pang, who used to, right. you know, who has told me that this kid is the real deal, and that. 
He's been wondering why, you know, he hasn't been getting time up. Why he hasn't? It took, it took him hell. It took a, I mean, they gave Billy Huso, they gave Carter Hutton. Yeah. It took him long enough to actually give him an opportunity. Oh, I know. And now, but now he's just, he's just incredibly impressive. I mean, and he's sec he was second star of the week last week. So, yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's, 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 I mean, it's, and, you know, you're like you're saying, I mean, for the Minnesota Wild fans, I mean, you think they're going crazy about Carter Hart here in Philly? Can you imagine what they're going? I mean, I mean, the, the with the problems they've had with goaltending in St. Louis has even been worse than the goaltending problems they've had in Philly. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, they have to be this has to be just the most doing thing in the world. And of course, you know, they're they're playing better now. They've got a chance for the playoffs. They're not as good as the Oilers are right now, but they are playing better. Oh, brother. <laughs> behind the Oilers in the standings. Um, but you know, but there you have it. So they are playing better for sure. And uh <laughs> A quick fun story here. Um, this is from Reddit, actually. So someone sent me this. I thought this was really great. This is from the QMJHL, which we don't do very often. And we have, we have some questions in the chat after. Yeah, right to the chat room after this. Um, so the, for the first time in league's history, a player has played for both teams in the same game after being traded. I don't know if you saw this or not. Oh, no, I didn't notice that. That's cool. But back in November, a match between Gatineau and Quebec had to be stopped with two minutes left in the second period because of a blackout. You know, tonight they completed the rest of the game, and uh, Pierre Oliver Lacombe was traded last week from Gatineau to Quebec, making him officially the first player in league history to play a match for both teams. I love it. <laughs> pretty great. I mean, it's pretty ridiculous. One of those crazy, crazy, you know, trivia questions down. I the mean, I've, I've heard of I've heard of players in baseball getting traded in the middle of a doubleheader. Yeah, yeah, that right. Is, that, is, that has happened. Maybe there's a team in the second game. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I, I have to, I have to research it, but I, I'm pretty sure it was between the two teams that were playing each other, and they just switched in between games. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. good. It's pretty. Yeah, awesome. doubleheader. That's exactly how it's happened. All right, so here, here's the first good question from from Slash Carlson. Odds on staying with the Sharks, Russ. I say ninety percent. I just looked at Cap Friendly. They've got five UFAs, five RFAs. I think the chances are forty percent that he stays with them because. Pavelski's going to get signed, so that's going to. They only have twenty-one million dollars in cap space for next. Well, are, year. are you talking past the deadline, or are you talking about next? No, we're summer? talking next year. Oh, okay. Uh, past the deadline, he's safe. I don't think anybody thinks they're trading him yeah, now. They're not trading him now. But with twenty-one million in cap space, Pavelski's going to suck up nine of that. So then you've got Don Scoy. They're probably going to keep Don Scoy for at least three. Then you've got guys like LeBanc and a few other RFAs that you're going to sign to some bridge deals. Yeah. And they can't give a big contract to Eric Carlson unless they move another player. No. No, they're uh, sure because of the Pavelski deal, basically. That's well, right. I mean, so one year thing, like Keith Yandel was a one and a half year thing with the Rangers. This is a let's try and win it with Carlson thing, and then that's it. I mean, Joe Thornton is going to be another. If yeah, he's, he's going to retire. Yeah, probably. That's five. Well, that's five million dollars right there. I mean, I, I wrote about this a little while ago um, in December, and I because I talked to people when this trade was originally initially made. The people, my sources in San Jose, said they were going to resign him, and they were going to do so in January or February when they could, because they couldn't until then. Right um, after the deadline. Because of the rules. No, because there was a rule that wasn't even after the deadline. It was the rules until January, right? The same. Well, no, that, that's that's the rule. After February twenty fifth, they can sign him to an eight year extension. Oh, February twenty fifth. I thought it was January. We, the whole thing was talked about with Tavares before. Remember, we, we got into right. that. Yeah. And anyway, um, so then, I, yeah. but I talked to somebody in in late December about this, and they said that you know, although he was starting to play better at that point, and you know, but he had a slow start, obviously, in San Jose, and then got really hot and scored a bunch of points over a few few games, and then got named to the All Star team, which I still think is wrong. Um, but um, they they told me at that point that it was going to come down to how he did in the playoffs, like that 
that they that they, they could get they felt they could sign him, but it came down to the playoffs and they really got him for the playoffs. That was why they got him. So they really weren't too concerned about with how well he did in the regular season. If he does well in the playoffs, they would find a way to keep him. Right. Well, and I, and I've I've heard basically listening to a lot of other uh insiders and things of that nature they think san jose and i I saw that doug wilson made some sort of statement today i think it was in the athletic that you know they're they're open for business in terms of adding i mean they're the window for them with with the age that, that they have with guys like thornton and pavelski and their contract situations it would make sense to san jose if they can finagle more cap space that they would add a player or two because they they have a legitimate chance they so i mean if if it's rentals if if it's like like they did last year with evander kane or or whatever else that that might be the way they go yeah and to bring and to bring up um you know the fact the fact of the matter is their window is what this is this is their window i mean they have this year oh, this is the window I mean, this this is the, and this is as good i mean they're as good as anybody right now they're they're really yeah. they look strong um I think the chances are also very dependent on Tampa because I think the initially I really do think that because remember this has to you know Carlson can say he doesn't have to go back to San Jose you know there's nothing he says he has to go back there so they can't just resign him if they want to they have to agree disagree to resign there right um, he'll probably like if he has a good playoff run I mean I can't imagine he'd want not want to go back there and because this is a great place to live and everything like that but he might already have in his mind to go play with Tampa. The problem with that is Tampa might not want him. And I think it might be the worst situation in the world for Tampa to get him. Actually. I think that if I'm Tampa, I don't touch him with a 10 foot pole as much as I like Carlson as a player, Tampa, things are going so well for Tampa. Why would you introduce that? Like you're introducing well, a, such a major factor into your lineup. To complicate it even further. I mean, Tampa is going to have to probably open up the, the, the bank for, for Braden point. I mean, I, knowing them, they'll probably get him for less than he would get anywhere else because of the state tax situation, but he'll probably be making, you know, eight, eight and a half, nine million bucks on a new deal. And if the, if that, if that happens, then, you know, um, I mean, they may have to trade a Tyler Johnson or somebody like that in clear space, but you know, they have they have some space, but I don't know if they have enough to re-sign Point and sign Carlson to what that is rumored that Carlson wants on the open market. He wants to make as much as Dowdy is making. He wants yeah. to make eleven million. I don't think he's going to get it. He wants he he's not accepting a cheaper deal. I don't believe that for a minute. All right. So Julian asks in the chat room, "Will Andre Sakara be back this year?" Uh, it's an Achilles injury. They say it's another five weeks before he's ready. So I'm assuming we will see him. Barring a setback. Yeah, you're supposed to, they expect him to come back, but Yeah, but it's an Achilles. Like that's that's a really tough one to come back from. It does, it does. He's a really big player for them, so it does matter. It does matter. I do think you'll see him. I yeah. do. Just just to back my uh little assertion, uh outfielders Cliff Heathcote and Max Flack were traded in the middle of a doubleheader. Uh okay. this is between the Cardinals and the Cubs. I think it was in the thirties. Yeah, yeah. So I was right for once. All right. Um, so yeah. BK Ups wants to know, would the Flyers be trading any of their D prospects for scoring? I Listen, I, I think we wouldn't call Shane Gossespierre a prospect anymore. I think he's possibly available still, but they're trying to – I see that they're trying to rehabilitate him. Uh, Travis Sanheim's done really well now. He's probably gained some currency. I could see his name being floated. I don't know if they'll actually trade him. Robert Hag has done very well for himself. I think he could be traded. Yeah, I think I have. And, and the only untouchable is Provorov. I don't know about that. Yeah, okay. because his contract, they, they they really are worried about his contract. I, I can't say he's untouchable anymore, Mike. Um, but they, they still think they can get it done. They, they I know, but they're not certain. So that, to me, is not a certainty anymore. 
Yeah, which makes it, you know, but if, if they're going to trade him, that makes the team, it's going to make a team, you know, I really have to go all out to, to, to know that they can sign him because it's going to be a really tough one. I, I do think Sanheim, you know, with this particular coach is doing very well. Um, and this coach has shown a lot more faith in them because he had him in, in, Lehigh. You know, in, in, yeah, in long, in, you know. Julian, so why not send Shane Goss the Spirit to Ottawa for Ryan Gazingle? Uh, I would say jumping off a building is probably a better option for the Flyers than. Yeah, they're not going to. This single's a rental. Why would why would the Flyers? Also, you know, he wouldn't. Although people really like Zingle, he's getting a lot of points because they don't have much else up there. You know, and people are saying he's getting. Then sign him on July one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that uh, those are the big things. I would not trade the last. Like I saw someone mention that in the in the chat room. I would not do that. Who? Oh, San Jose. No, I mean. Right now, you'd be trading him at his absolute worst value in years because he's having a, a rough season. I think he's on IR right now, so that that you know that would be a rough season. But it doesn't really matter until you get to the playoffs, you know. And then it's like right. And, but if but if but if the, the 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 idea there is trade Vlasic to create space for for Carlson and re-signing him, I mean they're going to be interested teams in Vlasic. But it, Russ isn't he making over eight? He's not an yeah yeah they pay they paid him really I mean I love him as a defenseman he's a great two way guy but you know they they really overpaid him that that they'd have to shave a couple million bucks off of that salary to make it worth some of some teams while all right so BK asked a really good question will the panel be doing the GM trade session similar to earlier in the week yes uh, yeah we'll do that we'll do that later in the week but I do want to comment on the CBA talks that are going on now mm. between. Uh, Gary Bettman and Donald Fear, uh, the same Donald Fear that Dan Carcillo thinks stinks. And ha I had a Twitter argument. I had to defend Donald Fear. I never thought I'd be in the <laughs> doing that, but I did because it was the right thing to do. But yeah. negotiations are actually reportedly going well. And yeah. we've talked about this two or three times on the show in the last couple months that we felt like there's not a lot to argue about anymore. And that really, other than, you know, you're talking about escrow and, Capping, capping, capping escrow. Yeah, capping escrow. Yeah, and the Olympics, like there's not much else to really talk about. Things are going pretty good. So there is a chance that they follow the lead like Major League Baseball did and hammer out a long-term deal without it ever coming to a lockout, which would be crazy for the NHL considering yeah. we've seen so many lockouts. It's hard to yeah. say that this will actually happen, but there's optimism right now. There well, is some. The statement that came out from Batman that he didn't want, basically didn't want to go to war. That was the most optimistic thing because, I mean, usually it's the it's the warning before that it sounds like okay, here we here we go, here we go again. And how many lockouts have we had with with Batman? But I think he's at a point now where you know this is probably his last CBA, and I think he wants to he wants to leave the league in labor peace. Um, and if there are a few tweaks that can be made, I mean, I'm sure that. Uh, you know, maybe and maybe something with entry level contracts, something with the you know, I, I don't know if they want to go down that road or or go down the road of the second contract, putting the caps on things things of that nature. I think they're they're really I mean, from what I understand, the entry level I mean the, the players hate the entry level contract, obviously. But that's something well, wait, you know what, heck though, here when the NFL used to have slotting in the draft, right? Yeah. It was the worst thing in the oh, world. Yeah, yeah. No, it's terrible. Because if a team drafted the wrong guy in the wrong spot. You overpaid him for years. As, as an example, Jay Cutler made more money than he ever should have made in the NFL yeah. as a result. And he sort of, I don't want to say he laughs about it on his reality show with his wife, 
but he literally doesn't do anything. He doesn't have to do anything ever again. So you don't want to see it be like that with players and give them almost no reason to have to get up in the morning because they're so well compensated that, hey, why, why am I even trying hard? I might get hurt. I mean, the only NHL bomb that they could throw out there would be guaranteed contracts, right? And that's like that. That's the, if the NHL I mean, they get away with them, that we don't want to have guaranteed contracts anymore. Right. Yeah, then, you have, then, you're double, then you're never there. But I don't yeah. see them going that way yet. No, that, that I don't think that. I don't, that that's yeah, that's a non-starter. But I, I think that with the explosion of the of the second contract here with with you know Matthews, Marner, Rant, and, and all these guys coming up, all of them you know, I mean, some of them are have have had one year. Some of them have had two or three good years. And them making as much as somebody like Taves, where he gets ten million after winning three Stanley Cups, I think you know the PA. I mean, the owner. I know the ownership probably has problems with that, but maybe the PA and some of the rank and file, some of the veteran guys, have a problem with guys twenty-one years old making ten million bucks. Well, like Steve James says, five-year max deals. That's not going to happen. Players want more than that. Agents want more than that. That's kind oh. of like almost like a guaranteed contract. Type that used to be the I mean, thought of the owners like that. The yeah. only thing I could see changing is the draft going to a 19-year-old draft. Eight, well, eight, 18, 18 for the first round and then 19 after. That's I don't know. I think it could be 19 all overall. Oh, really? Okay. And and I think it should and I think it should be because if you think about it, the last couple of drafts, teams have been drafting a lot of overagers. The Leafs are a good example of that. Yes, and this true. year, there's some good overagers in the draft. And teams are doing that for a reason. The reason is it's shortening the cycle a little bit for them to get to the NHL based on body development. And it's less risky. And it's less risky. Yep. Yep. Don't you think, though? I mean, I mean, when you think about it, like uh, some of the guys who come in at 18 who are just so dominant in the NHL right away. How, I mean, how many are really dominant when they come in at 18? I mean, not many, but don't are you we think? Are talking about five in the last 10 years? Well, what if you were to say the first ten picks and it could be eighteen years old or something, something like that? Because there are some players that it feels like you, you know. No, let them go play overseas for a year. I say, yeah. you know, let them let them go play in college. Let them go play in the CHL. Let them go play somewhere else for one year. It won't kill them. I think if they do a nineteen-year-old draft, you'll see some more players going overseas to get paid. Fine, let them do that. Yeah, and remember, this is not unprecedented. There was a twenty; it was a twenty-year-old draft. No, I think, I think for the most part, it should be nineteen. I hundred percent agree. Right. I, just, I wonder well, if it's the first round. When Gilbert when Gilbert Perot was drafted by Buffalo in 1970, he was 20 years old. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if we saw that, go look at the NBA. Right? How many players, because they have to get drafted right out of college, whenever they leave college, right. or right after they get out of the D League for a year, how many times are they not ready for the NBA? I'm going to say, off the top of my head, probably 60 percent of those guys drafted barely have any impact the first year. Like once you get past the 10th, 12th pick in the NBA draft, those guys had very pretty much little, very little impact yeah. that whole season. And a lot of times that next season too, and they're paying them big money. Like why? Yeah. Well, that, that was the thing Russ. I had, I had heard that, the, you know, like the member, the NBA allowed players up until the, the, the recent uh, CBA and the change where they had to go a year in college that they had, where you could draft a high school player in the first round, but then the second round, it had to be somebody 
who had been in college for a certain number of time. I thought maybe the NHL would go to an 18-year-old draft for just the first round because then it would let the guy, exceptional guys like Matthews, like McDavid, into into the league right away, and then the rest of the the rest of the, the, the rounds would be. 19 I do want to bring this up too. I don't think it's ever happened. Mike and I were sort of racking our brains. I don't know for sure, but Jack Hughes tried to get ex- exceptional status. In, yeah. in the CHL and the Canadian Hockey League, and they denied him. And, and that is a big reason why he has never played over there. And I kind of wonder, would they ever give an American player exceptional status? That's a really good question. I mean, they should. There's no reason they shouldn't. Well, they should. I mean, we all think they should. But they denied Jack Hughes, who at under view. Here's yeah, a good reason that they denied Jack Hughes. They really here's an example with Jack Hughes. When I was covering, I forget what tournament, might have been the World Juniors, might have been – no, it was the USHL kickoff classic two years ago. Everybody went flocking to go see the under-17 games with Jack Hughes in it. And that's how dominant he was for at that age group already. And they couldn't give him exceptional status. And Yeah, that's I didn't, I did not even know they knew that. Yeah. I mean, uh, I see a question there for me about Hamilton um, in Montreal, but it's from Julian. Um, yeah, there's, there's still going on. I talked about it today in my blog. Um, there's, the rumors are still out there that Montreal is pursuing – um, getting Dougie Hamilton, and, and and I'm and I'm not I'm not at all puzzled why the Leafs aren't interested. Yeah, I know I am, but you aren't, and um, that's like that's just you know that's a discussion we had yesterday, so we won't get back into it. But I, I I still think that that makes I don't know why I'm not I don't think Dougie Hamilton's as bad defensively as Mike seems to think he is. No, but it, it may, and maybe he's not. Act, but what I'm saying is they have enough defense enough defensemen who are challenged defensively that they just don't they need to pay a premium for a. A great defenseman overall in Hamilton, who just adds to their problem. They need somebody who can play both ways. That's that's mm-hmm. a they, you know they they need to have somebody who can play with Morgan Riley and move Ron Hainsey down and lessen the responsibilities of Zaitsev and Gardner. That's the only way they take a step forward on their blue line. And that may not be possible if Peter yeah. Angelo is not available. I don't know if there's a player out there yeah. that can solve all their problems. So yeah. we'll see. We do have to get going. Um, all right, everyone. Uh, thanks so much for watching. Thanks again in the chat room for joining us. Um, thanks for going to Patreon at, ho- at patreon.com slash hockey, which is where you can support the show and uh, keep us commercial free and keep us going as well. We really appreciate those who do support it. It's, it's, it's awesome. And um, so just go to patreon.com slash hockey. You can give a dollar, a nickel, a quarter, whatever per show or per month or whatever. Not a million dollars. I'll take, I'll take a million. It all helps I'll take a, a lot. Million. Okay. Um, But that's all we have time for today again. Remember, without the buzz, it's just hockey. We will talk to you tomorrow.